Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Music Lab Podcast. My name is Dog. And I'm Mo. Yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah. We are so excited to have the opportunity to review one of our favorite bands' new album, Misadventures of Doom Scroller, by Los Angeles' own Dawes. Dawes. It's always like dog. It's right. Dogs, Dawes. Of course I should like this band, right? Yeah. If you didn't know what a doom scroller is, it's someone who spends an excessive amount of screen time devoted to the absorption of negative news. And Taylor and the boys present this story in the form of a seven-song, 46-minute album. And he admitted in an interview that he is the doom scroller. Interesting. I swear that after each of their previous seven albums, I could clearly hear the maturation and development of this band, and this album continues that trend. Taylor's songwriting and storytelling through his lyrics, his improvement as a guitar player, and the addition of Lee and Trevor have allowed this band to reinvent itself and become one of my favorite bands that I hope stays together. Yeah. I like that little tidbit at the end. Yeah, man. Yeah. Good. So, are you th- give give the audience a little bit of your uh, Dawes background. When did you start liking Dawes? You know, I kind of trickled into Dawes. You know, we started, you know, playing some of their songs yeah. in the band before I really even knew who they were. Mm-hmm. And I liked the songs that we did. And, you know, I kind of listened to a little more and a little more. And then a few years ago before the pandemic, right before the pandemic, we went to go see them. Yeah. At down, Baltimore Soundstage. Down stage. in Baltimore. Yes. Yeah. And that was a super good show. And so I kind of I kind of got into them. But I will admit, before this album, I was sort of just a casual listener. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't the super fan that you are. I enjoyed their music. And, and sometimes I would get on on like kicks with listening to it but I was sort of just a casual listener but you know let's dive into this and we can talk more about some of that so do you want to just do it yeah let's just do do it it. all right so this just to give you a little bit of info about this album if you Mm -hmm. haven't listened to it yet it's only seven songs but it's still like 45 minutes Mm -hmm. because the songs are super long um, and oddly enough, it's seven songs, but it's really just six because one of the songs is super short, which is bizarre, but we'll talk about that later. The outro. So, yeah. yeah so the yep. first song, a lot of the songs, even when they're double named, there's like three or four songs within the song. Yeah. Um, just because of the way that it's put together, it's, it's almost like, uh, anyway, let's just roll into it. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you know, there's a lot to He's say about this. He's putting the cart before yeah, the horse, ladies I am. And gentlemen. I, that's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> So we're going to begin, and I'm going to, I'm going to begin by talking about someone else's cafe slash Doom Scroller Tries to Relax, all right? So the song rolls in with, like, a groovy little lick and a bass riff. I mean, it is like super 70s throwback. The music is played cleanly, 
with little or no effects, which I found it, it, in the beginning, I was kind of like taken a little bit off guard by, but it's glorious. The transitions are funky and raw. They almost sound like a jam band. There's this sweet guitar solo and even a drum solo in this song. But then the center of the song moves in it and it almost feels like something from Parliament Funkadelic. And it's grooving for a while and then all of a sudden it hits you again with like a wall of harmony a la like the Bee Gees mm. as it moves into the doom scroller tries to relax part. But still, more great transitions and a beautiful wailing guitar solo. And like a lazy river, it just rolls on down to almost nothing but harmony and piano at the end. The music is fun and catchy, and Taylor's voice seems relaxed and almost listless. But make no mistake, his lyrics are a scathing commentary on social media running unchecked with little but emotional unbalance at the wheel. Mm -hmm. He does not mince words in this song. He is calling people out, including himself. Yep. And he's asking people to put down their phones and talk to each other. Live in the moment. It's right? about time. Yep. So lyrically, you can poison opposition, find out which war to declare. You can polish up the prisons and send all your critics there. I mean, does that sum up social media or what? Bravo, guys. What a start to an album. I mean, it, I, I listened to the first song and I just had to, I paused it because I just needed to ingest what I had just heard. Yeah. So <clears throat> to your point, uh, well, and actually you didn't mention this. I actually love just the, the simple drum opening of this song. Yeah. It set the tone immediately. This kind of 70s throwback. This song just has a warmth to it that I think is partially due to Taylor's vocals, and, and, and I, I fully understand why, but... I love how the organ and the bass create the groove. They do. But you're still waiting tables at someone else's cafe. Oh, I mean, scathing, dude. just scathing words. Yeah. I love the understated guitar solo. And then Griffin just goes off at the three, three minute and 45 second mark, which then kicks off this, as to your point, this, I said a Grateful Dead kind of funk sesh. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that picks up the intensity and becomes thrilling before it settles back into the groove once again with some more guitar flourishes. Mm -hmm. Then Lee gives us this queen piano moment before the harmonies and slowdown kind of takes over. Another guitar solo takes on a sonic journey. Yeah. And Griffin's drumming allows these awesome breaks and transitions before another slowdown and more harmony on a song that for this band is just a huge accomplishment. It's just... It really was. So well done. I, and I told you, I had to pause it. Yeah. To like let it wash over me. I could not believe it. And thankfully, they gave us a taste of this entire album about two months ago, I think, just as a live as a YouTube 
stream. It was done for the weekend, and they played the entire album in its entirety. And of course, this song being the first song, yeah. you're like, oh my god, like, oh yeah, like this is not your dad's dog. <laughs> like, but yeah. uh, that's what I saw. That's what I told you. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. so yeah. What do you what got a, for track two? What, I mean, what a, yeah, what a great song. <laughs> How do you so, top this song, right? <laughs> so so the track two is called Comes in Waves. And the song starts with like this neat little groove. But the lyrics roll in with only drums and bass. And I thought, wow, all right. Taylor's piping falsetto really feels different. It's more mature in its delivery. It's like he's found a new way to communicate both vocally and lyrically. I really like how, again, the instruments are dry. It's like you're sitting in the recording room with them, you know? And mm. and a lot of modern bands, it's just wet, 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 wet stuff, dude. Particularly when they're trying to talk about something heavy. It's like, got to echo, got to reverb, you know, got to delay. There's nothing. These instruments are, it's like direct line. There's nothing on it. And it's it's awesome. And it's so refreshing. It really is because yeah. it's just them playing. Yeah. And, you know, it's like another jam band like transition around the three minute mark again. It's just like they, they just start popping up all over this album. And then suddenly it gets quiet and then back up again. And the dynamics are just this whole project. They're just up front. A dirty guitar solo around four and a half minutes, which mm. gives way to like this short, spacey outro. Mm. Lyrically, I think I found something in common with nothingness and God. You stare at either in the face too long, they'll do each other's job. A little nod to Nietzsche there. Yeah. Sometimes those silences are holy. Sometimes I'm drifting into space. But if that spirit's moving through me, it comes in waves. It comes in waves. Yeah, he's got like, you know, I've always noticed this about their music. He has a very particular voice mm. with his lyrics. Like his register. It's it's not even just that. It's it's um, the way that he writes. Okay. He's got a very particular style. And it's rhythm just rhythm kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just mm-hmm. he's he does things in his way. Mm-hmm. And it's unique, and I like it. Anyway, what do you got? Well, my friend, my take on Comes in Waves. After seeing and listening to Death Cab a lot recently, the opening of this song reminds me of them. I can see how you would say that, having just saw them. Wiley, their bassist, is on fire with this bass line. I love how Taylor spaces out what he says comes in waves. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just a really subtle touch that does huge things. And the harmonies are also kind of like waves one after the other. Did you notice that? Yeah, it's, they like, didn't, a, it's they, like a fugue. Right. It didn't mm-hmm. start off that way, though, no. but it, yeah. it, it ends that way. Uh, just, again, a nice, subtle touch. This song is more familiar territory for Dawes after the opener, and I wonder if there was thought behind that decision. Um and, and either way, you know, it doesn't take away from the song at all. No, it's a great I song. I love the bridge in this song, and it really elevates this song. Taylor, uh, to your point, sounds great. 
and another understated guitar solo, which is fantastic. And I love the musical ending, which you know I do. Mm-hmm. My favorite lyrics of this song, I've been feeling like a light bulb when the filament won't glow, surrounded by a darkness because the current's moving slow. Am I losing my intensity? Is that feeling here to stay? That is a powerful line from someone who's 37 years old. Am I losing my intensity? As a almost 45-year-old, that is a thought that crosses my mind a lot. Intensity is a is a perfectly put word. Yeah. And it's again, he just the introspective lyrics that he that he does. It's yeah. it's just it's he's got awesome. a voice. He yeah. does. What he got for everything is permanent. So this song kind of like you said, it pops back in after that song and it's it's more seventies type grooves. It it's more tricky, interesting transitions too. You know, if you're a fan of music or you play and you listen to the transitions, you know, what I mean by that are the the little things that connect different parts of the song. And they're just all over this album. There's awesome, little tricky, interesting transitions and just so out of character for them. You know, there's more dry instruments in this song and the vocals are dry. Three songs in... And this album has a sound. It's got a definite sound. It is an album. And when you're listening to it and you hear the way it's it's been produced, you feel that. The instruments are sparse, doing no more than they need to do. Then about halfway through, it becomes like a jazzy groove where all the instruments are weaving in and out of each other. The drums are particularly good on this section of the track, and they're very good across this entire project. Absolutely. It's another social commentary on our inability to allow anyone or anything to change for better or worse. Our first impression must be universal truth. This is the danger of mob rule, and social media is mob rule. Everyone should just take a selfie with pitchforks and torches and call it a day. So lyrically... We're so angry. That's right. So lyrically, levels of the rising sea, everything is permanent now. The politics of Christmas trees, everything is permanent now. The whole world within one screen. Wow. Great line. Everything is permanent now. I'm thinking we should all come clean. Everything is permanent now. Taylor has had some sort of like, you know, awakening about all this. And I'll speak more to that at the end. Or a pilgrimage. Yeah. Maybe. yeah. This is a really good song. It's, and, and, it's, and, it, and it affects you both musically and and spiritually with what the, the lyrics are trying to say. Griffin's drumming on this song yeah. is fantastic, folks. And it's the motor and heartbeat of this song. I love the, for lack of a word, kind of fart drumming, where he does that, you know? Yeah, it's jazz it, drumming. It, it's just, oh. yeah. to your point about the transitions, a wonderful perspective on our world where everyone and everything is documented. Mm. 
and Taylor playfully sings, Did you really need to cry or be seen crying? That's the end, yeah. What a powerful statement. The transitions in this song, whether by guitar or drums, like I said, are fantastic. And then the bridge comes. The guitar and drums dance with each other magically as the bass provides the foundation. And then Lee joins the party with the piano and adds that musical layer before the song comes back down to earth. This song, I, it, it again, it just continues so far yeah. what is a great album. It I can't really wait is. to hear what you think of Ghost in the it's Machine. It's like the hits keep coming. Yeah. So the, Casey, Casey. the fourth track, the fourth track is called Ghost in the Machine. And so it rolls in with the snappy drums. And again, the drums are super solid on this, on this. And I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I never thought about, you know, I ne- I've never thought to myself, yeah, I really like the drummer in Dawes. But now I can honestly say, I'm going to say that from now on. I really like the drummer in Dawes, uh, you know, but the bass playing is just laying in the pocket, brother. And he, again, he's an unsung hero on this album too. All the players are. The guitar lick feels like something from the Allman Brothers. I mean, these guys are really pulling out all the stops on this project. They're like a totally different band. This song is frenetic. And about two minutes in, there's this new interlude transition that leads into another dirty guitar solo and then another drum breakdown that rolls into the last verse. The instruments are out in the front of this album. Mm. They are absolutely playing their hearts out. The long outro at the end sounds like like a live fish song. Like I felt like I was at a fish concert. And not a fish album, I mean a fish concert. It, it, It seems to be, from what I was reading, about the band getting their start in the music industry. And so lyrically, I'm gonna say, to the buildups and the breakdowns, to the boom and through the crash, to the stockpiles of excuses or how to trade it in for cash. Mm. All the boys in these motel rooms, the lobby call it 615, one million miles upon a highway for a ghost in the machine. Ooh, boy. Mm. Biting. Yeah. Yeah. This song, oh my God. Yeah. It's frantic, it's exciting, and Taylor is just trying to sing over the madness. I love the piano, the piano flourishes and the big riffs. This song is a showcase for each band member, and they all get their moment to shine on this barn burner. And they do. Shine. No understatement on this <laughs> guitar solo. <laughs> no. It's loud and bombastic, and then Griffin drums them into this breakdown. But the pace never wavers as the piano goes off. I can, in in caps, I wrote, cannot wait to hear this song live. This song will just absolutely blow me away live. 
as you know, Taylor said their their intent. They started recording this album the day after the election of 2020. Okay, and they at that time, as all of us were wondering, a as a band, are we ever going to be able to play in front of an audience again or right. in front of a large crowd? And so they went into the studio wanting to put out an album that they could play live yeah. and, and almost as a look forward to, you know, of I could see why they would look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, what do you got for joke in there somewhere? So joke in there somewhere. I, I caught too, that there was a lyric about that earlier, early on yeah. in the album. Yep. So it seems to be like this, this song seems to be sort of a culmination of ideas within this project it's a lyrically fair statement yep and so there's there's lots of riffy guitar layers on this album and this one starts with a really cool uplifting one mm. the drums are really really on the fr- forefront again too the music is a force on this tune the melody is strong and taylor's voice is understated again but it really works so well with the overall sound of this particular album. I love the way it ends on that warbly organ and the way he just kind of peters out what he's mm-hmm. saying. Yep. So far, this is the song that sounds the most like Dawes to me, both musically and lyrically. He seems to be commenting on how we all take everything a bit too seriously these days particularly ourselves. So lyrically, he says, he's he, within the song, he's talking, at this point, he's talking to his brother. Yeah. And so his brother says, it's in the lyrics, he says, but he says, every time we've sat here getting nervous for the future, we've ended up some version of okay. These songs that we are singing shouldn't give in to the rumors. They should give us some kind of strength to meet the day. That is the most Dawsy lyric on the entire album. Yeah. It's a, again, just a yeah. introspective, like that's, and it's a Dawsy thing to intelligent, say. Intelligent. Yeah. I felt the warmth and the North Hills vibe on this song. And it's funny because when I, when I researched, you know, the album, I found out that Jonathan Wilson produced this album. And in 2009, at his house, Taylor Griffin, Wiley, and Blake Mills at the time had informal jam sessions with, listen to this all-star lineup of artists, Connor Oberst, Ben Montenk, and Chris Robinson, from the Black Crows. Wow. Which led to their debut album, North Hills, which Pat Sansone from Wilco played on. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. So that brings us back to Joke in There Somewhere. This song, as Taylor sings beautifully and Wiley's bass thrives once again, this song is only elevated by Taylor and his lyrics. When he ends the song and says, we just got to find a way to laugh. And when he pauses after he says it the second time before laugh, what a powerful moment 
in a 46-minute album. I yeah. Mean, wow. It really is. It's a culmination of ideas. Yeah. And joke and laugh are obviously synonymous. So yeah. it makes sense. That yeah. Well, and the so joke, the, the idea of saying it, that, that there's a joke, again, it, it implies, again, that we should just stop taking everything so seriously. Right. Yep. It's just, it's a fabulous tune. My favorite lyrics in this song were, A couple walks their dog discussing what to eat for dinner. A runaway is being read his rights. A hotel hosts a conference called Investment for Beginners. Some high school coach is breaking up a fight. Nothing rhyming. All four lyrics completely separate of each other, yet somehow are all tied together. And it, and it's it's so him to say that. Yeah. You know, it's just giving <laughs> voice to sort of normal life. Yeah. 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 So that leads us into the short outro. song. <laughs> Joke in there somewhere outro. And this is functionally part of the last song. There, There's not space. So with the length of the other songs, particularly the mashups, I'm not really sure why this one got its own separate track. Agree. It's a pretty interlude, but it's basically just an outro or an intro. You can choose, and right. maybe that's the point. Yeah, but I, I felt it kind of had a Pink Floyd esque. I kind of I noted that too, and then I didn't say it, but yes, like kind of a floating and dreamy piece with the drum providing again, kind of the heartbeat mm -hmm. with kind of atmospherics kind of swirling above. But yeah, um, for for you know an album with you know all of the songs being at least over five, six minutes, it, it was yeah. an odd choice to... It felt, yeah, weird yeah. being there like that. Yeah. I guess like if that's the out. only knock on the album, that would be it so far for me. And I wouldn't even say it's a knock because it's right. not like I didn't like that. Correct. I didn't like it. Nope. It's it's just like it just felt weird because of the way the rest of it was organized. And maybe... And maybe that was the whole And maybe point. it doesn't matter. Like if you're just sitting down and listening to something mm -hmm. or if you're like out for a run or whatever and you're listening to music... It's not like you're sitting there looking for the change of tracks, wondering, oh, why did they change it there? Why did they snap it there? You know? Correct. Or you're not yeah. asking either, like, what? Well, you yeah. might ask on this album, like, why is there not more? Because right, it, but right. Anyway, so <laughs> I digress. Yes. <laughs> so we then we get to the final song. Yeah. All right, and mm. it's called "Sound That No One Made," Doom Scroller Sunrise. Yeah. So another great lick that comes out of the one-minute fog that starts the song. The lyrics don't even begin until the 140 mark, so I knew Chad was, or Dog was all over it, mm -hmm. loving that. He loves his intros. And there were more spaces and lick-based music without the effects-laden cosmetics that, again, we find on most modern albums. The bass is absolutely cherry on this tune, and it's up in the front seat. I love that about this album. Every player gets their turn. Another great interlude about 415, which moves into a harmonized guitar lead, which morphs into a guitar and bass mirror lick, then chills into something feeling like a late Doors song. Yeah. Good this call. interlude lasts almost three full minutes. It's like a song of its own. And again, I am, I'm sitting there listening to this thinking, is this Dawes? 
And I'll be honest with you, if it weren't for Taylor's voice, I wouldn't know. If I went back and listened to this and I took his voice away and you asked me, if you gave me 150 choices mm -hmm. to what band I was listening to, I would not have chosen Dawes. Yeah, that's a fair statement. So when it moves into the final minute and a half, it again feels more like the Dawes we know. It's almost like they're coming back home. The band takes their more traditional back seat. Taylor becomes more introspective and his voice moves back to the front. Mm -hmm. And the song and the album end with his beautiful tone. Lyrically, I look up to see you slowing down while signaling aright. The older man behind us now is flashing you his brights. We both seem so distracted by this growing appetite to punish and persuade. The silent conversation gets directed toward the view. The curses and the branches describe the avenue. The words like I am sorry and I am still in love with you become a debt that won't get paid. Just another sound that no one made. I mean, he just, that is a knock out of the park on an album filled with great lyrics. Just rewind what I just said. And listen to it again. Or better yet, just get the album out, man, and listen to him do it. Yeah. It's so powerful. This song, again, to our point about the the outro song, I, I was kind of flabbergasted and not sure of the noise and feedback to fill over a minute of the beginning of this song. But it did sure kick in nicely musically when it did happen. But... Again, I wasn't sure like what the point of that was, but you know, again, yeah, or tag it minor, on, tag it onto the outro or whatever. But yeah, yeah. again, who does it? What does it and matter? The first where you click twenty it? seconds, it was like just nothing. <clears throat> like it was like okay, yeah, but anyway, yeah. I love how Taylor sings by himself until the words like "I am sorry" and "I'm still in love with you" is sung in harmony a solid bridge dominated by the guitar, and then the bass is showcased for the transition into this dreamy musical section. You're the three-minute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My favorite lyric on this song were lyrics, the morning fog descends upon the late night's cheapest thrill. The most committed socialites see the sunrise in the hills. Mistakes are slowly realized, memories distilled, then the static starts to fade. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, a fitting song to end this album. So, so, what, so what did you think? Just a band that, uh, kind of like to my point earlier, you know, I've been an ambassador of this band you since have. I you have. discovered them. More so than most other bands that I've liked. I don't know why, but there's something about this band that has spoke to me from the beginning. They're genuine. And I, I just, it's so refreshing and exciting to see their growth. Taylor is such a better guitar player than what he was. Griffin is such a better drummer than what he was. 
Wiley is, you know, like every band member. And like what I said earlier, too, not that their original keyboardist wasn't great. He was. But like he isn't Lee. Lee took those guys to another level. Dwayne Betts played with them for a little bit uh, as a touring musician. I'm sure they learned a whole bunch from him. You know, they got to play with Bob Weir, you know, just this month. Mm-hmm. You know, getting to play with those guys. Um, you know, getting to hang around with all the Newport, you know, artists. You know, these guys are sponges. They want to be better. They want to be the best they can be. And, I mean, it's this album just is a reflection of that. And I'm just so proud of them as a band, you know. And which leads me into my favorite tracks, which is very difficult. You know, but for a seven song, you know, we're only picking three. Ghost in the Machine, Someone Else's Cafe, and Everything is Permanent were my three. So your final hmm. thoughts and your tracks. I agree with all the stuff you said there, too, by the way. Oh, okay. I and I don't always that. agree with you. I know. But, yeah, I agree with it tonight. <laughs> so this is the second album in the last few episodes that we have reviewed. Mm. that is chiding this cell phone cyber world we have made. Some people are waking up and starting to realize that there is something deeply dysfunctional about the way we've lived our lives for the past 15 years. Mm. The never-ending scroll, the constant battle of us against them, the need to perpetually live in a state of phony social connection. We can't even put it down to drive or to look at our friends when we get together with them or to even walk down the street. Our necks have craned downward to screen for so long we wonder why we can't look up to find a way forward or to see any optimism about the future at all. We have retreated into cyberspace because we can't face the painful reality of who we really are and what we're doing and how hurtful we've become, not just to each other, but to every living thing on this planet. And all we can do is point the finger on everyone but ourselves to the dreaded other. And every day, we're doubling down on it all. This album is another call to action. Change is coming, dog. It always starts with music. It always does. And if we're starting to hear this much pushback on this, it's coming and I can't wait. Because I rem- I'm old enough to remember what life was like before the internet and the computers became everything to us. But from, you know, from a more band-focused perspective, this album is not your typical Dawes album. This is a major departure for these guys. They are coming out as players now, not simply musical facilitators of a singer-songwriter's lyrics. The music is in the driver's seat, not simply along for the ride. You know, I've always enjoyed listening to Dawes, particularly when I was feeling in an earthy sing-along mood. But this music's different. This is a different band. And it makes me excited to hear what they do next. And make no mistake, there has been a transformation here. And I like it. This is by far my favorite album by them. Perhaps because it's so different. 
perhaps because they're jamming with precision and power. Perhaps it's because in all their relentless attacks on our current society, they still have that underlying optimism which has always endeared their music to me. My favorite tracks, Someone Else's Cafe, Doom Scroller Tries to Relax, Ghost in the Machine, and Sound That No One Made, mm. Doom Scroller Sunrise. Yep. This is an awesome album. I mean, uh, it's, again, it's just, we have been so lucky this year so far with yeah. these albums that we've reviewed. I mean, just fantastic albums, and this... This is, is right another up there one. with them. This I is mean, this is one of my favorites. Yeah, it really is. So, yeah. if you're looking to check out something new, if you're a if huge dog, never fan, heard of them, or if you're a huge fan, you're yeah. going to like. And this honestly, album. you know, that's the thing too. Like, you know, some people that really dig on the band, super fans, they might be alienated. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because this is a very, very different thing than you're used to. And I think the band is probably aware of that. Um, but I think they're thinking that that's going to be a, a small minority and that, that, you know, most of their fans are going to dig this and that they're going to mm-hmm. see the... I hope that they do. And yeah. I think that, you know, the palette for music, you know, among young people now has a tendency to be, a tendency to be more broad because there's so many things out there to listen to. Mm-hmm. I think they'll like it. And I, and I, I like it. Yeah, the but, jazz influence on this oh, album. Oh man, is, I, I mean, mean it's it's awesome. Yeah. So we really hope you enjoyed our review of yeah. this album, and we super super duper hope that you enjoy actually listening to the album. And you know, again, don't forget, you know, a band like Dawes. You know, I've always described Dawes as like they've got the they've got it made. They are just under the radar enough that they can go to the grocery store, but they're just good enough and popular enough that they can put 5,000 bodies in any room in this country or any town in this country. And they do. They have it made. They have an arena sound. They just haven't gotten to arena sound. And honestly, what they're doing is they did. They found the sweet spot Mm -hmm. because watching them live is a super cool experience because it's intimate. You're close. You can hear. You can see them and watch them and do all these things. But because of that, I would ask you, if you have not checked this band out, to check them out and then like them mm-hmm. on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is that you access. Follow them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, check them out. You know, support their music. Think about buying their stuff on Bandcamp or wherever it's available. Yep. Buy it on their website. But support a band like this. Mm-hmm. Join their fan club, okay? But thanks so much for listening. We're going to send you off to a, a word from our sponsors here. Absolutely. But we'd like to thank you again and... I, I, don't forget to like and follow us, even after all my big speech about social media. Um, but don't forget to do all those things. Um, check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play. Tell your friends about us. And don't forget about peace and one love. Come on over to Roosterstone.com, where you can book the band for any event you can imagine. Acoustic, full band, whatever your event may require. You can also email us to take online music lessons at an affordable monthly price. Don't forget to download our original music and like, follow, and subscribe to Rooster Stone across all social media platforms. Keep rocking out at Roosterstone.com. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Boys and girls, here at Raw Outfitters, we are an independent, family-owned clothing company for all ages. Check out our inventory of shirts and hoodies at www.raroutfitters.com and follow our social media pages. Don't just wear, 